Welcome to Energizing Life with AKR Fitness. With me today I have Matt. Hello. And a very special guest and a woman close to all of our hearts at AKR. We have Vare. Hiya. AKA Vars. <laughs> and of course Mike's mum. Welcome to the podcast, Vars. Hello. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. So when this airs, you've probably well past the 500 session mark at AKR. Yeah. You joined us in November 1st, 2016. Tell us a little bit about you, what brought you into AKR, and when this airs as well, it'll be the 3rd of January, so it's the start of a new year. Vars, mm. tell us a little bit about you. So, yeah, I'm Barry. I've been a member at AKR for five years. Um, I joined in November 2016 because my husband and I had just come back from a trip to Europe in a van. We'd been away for a year and when I got home I couldn't really settle down. I couldn't pick up the threads in my life before. So I spoke to Michael and he said to, I could come down and start working out and that's what I did. So that's a point, was that the first time you'd ever set foot in a gym? Yeah, never been in a gym before. I mean, I had always been an exerciser. I'd always um, walked a lot, swimming and cycling were things I enjoyed doing. Mm -hmm. um, but I'd never been in a gym at all, ever, before. Why do you think that was? Well, I wouldn't have dreamt that. I mean, I just wouldn't have dreamt of going to a gym. I mean, you know, um, but I'm in my 60s, so it's just... N not ever anywhere on my radar. Just wouldn't have dreamt of it. So right through until the age of 60, you enjoyed being outdoors, cycling, swimming, walking, but the thought of being in a gym was scary. Yeah, well, it wasn't even just scary. It just wasn't there. It just wasn't a thought. It was just nothing. Okay. But... Um, when we came home, I went back to swimming. I went like round the pools in town, and I tried to get. But I just, just. I mean, I was. I used to swim a mile a day, so sixty-four lengths basically. Mm -hmm. And but I just didn't enjoy it anymore. I don't know. And I needed. I think part of it we'd spent so long planning the trip, and and we'd been and gone and done it and come home, and I needed something else, something different. Did you feel a bit lost when you came back? I, I totally felt lost, mm -hmm. yeah. Also, when we came home, we weren't, we didn't move back into our old house right away. We are staying in a flat in a different part of town. And yeah, it was just a bit, you know, I needed something, but I didn't know what I needed, yeah. really. Did, just before we move on, did, did you want to come back from travelling? Um, I did and I didn't. Um, because we'd been away so long, I, I wanted to see our grandchildren because I had missed them. One of them had sent me a text about three months earlier saying, Grandma, when are you coming home? <laughs> I was like, you know. <laughs> um, So I did, but actually when we first came home, the original plan was just to be home for about six weeks and go away again. Mm -hmm. But just um, things happened and it didn't work out that way. So. So you came back, which month did you come back in 2016? Um, August, I think, August. the beginning of August. And yeah. you tried all the, the swimming pools and you felt a bit lost and, and Mike had maybe then said, well, why don't you try coming to AKR? Yeah. And how did you feel when he said that? Um, yeah, I was quite up for it because um, a few years earlier when I was in my 50s and I had noticed that 
I mean, I was never a very muscular person. I was never very lean, but I had noticed then that what muscle mass I did have was just disappearing. I wasn't exercising less, but I just was very conscious that my whole body was going to jelly. And at that point, Michael... I'm sure a lot of people can, <laughs> listeners can resonate with that. Yeah, well, I wasn't really eating anymore or anything. Mm-hmm. I didn't know... I didn't understand that that was a natural process. But anyway, Michael was... Uh, he was uh, either a student or newly graduated at that point, so I asked him about it. And he said, you know, you're doing all this cardio stuff, but you're not really doing a lot of resistance mm-hmm. um, training. Maybe you should try and fit in some resistance training. But, well, that was never going to happen. I, you know, you're working full time. My mum was not very mm-hmm. well. Um, you have children at home. You know, you're just busy. So. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't do it then, but I guess it planted the seed that, you know, you at some to. point I needed to, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. So. so, yeah, you've come back. You've stepped through the gym, which you've been working on anyway. You were cleaning and helping Mike yeah, set up. Yeah, yeah. So you were familiar with the space and you knew that resistance training was what you needed. However, you probably still felt a little bit intimidated by the whole gym setting. And tell us a little bit about that. How does it, like, for you, how did that feel coming in for your first session? Well, I think, because I, I didn't have a strategy session, um, I just, it was just me and Michael in the gym and Michael showed me some of these moves Mm -hmm. and um, I did them all and he said, you move well. And I thought, ooh, (laughs) that's a a good start then. (laughs) And so that was easy. It was just me and him in the gym. There was nothing, nobody else there. And then I had already met you a few times. Mm -hmm. So when I came down to do my first session, the gym was still quite new and there weren't many people. So I think it was just you, myself, and one other um, AKR member uh-huh. at the time. Yeah. So, so and sh- she was lovely. She was an older lady and, well, not that older, not as old as me. Sorry, <laughs> 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 um, So, yeah, it was nice. It wasn't like, what I mean by that is... <laughs> digging a hole <laughs> <laughs> what I mean is it wasn't like some young guy that was all muscly and mm-hmm. you know was, and was that your perception of gyms in the past yeah I think so well mm-hmm. yeah probably mm-hmm. you know Michael went to the gym and you know his pals went to the gym yeah and, and you just thought that back then it wasn't for you yeah it wasn't something yeah. that you would do yeah it was never you know growing up it was never a thing really no. the gym you know it was never mm-hmm. never on my radar at all really. yeah um, just before we head into the sort of AKR story, I just want to nip back to you being in your 50s and you almost going through, we could say, the menopause. No. Uh-huh. Um, and was that a difficult time for you? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I often think that uh, we don't really appreciate how much women in their 50s go through. Um, and, and it's not just the menopause. I think it's the time of your life when the menopause happens. So um, 10 to 1, you've got maybe um, a couple of children by then at home, young adults or teenagers. Um, Maybe your parents are still alive but need a lot more help. Mm -hmm. Um, You've maybe worked yourself into a responsible job or a stressful job and all this stuff. And then you get the menopause and then you can't sleep. And so you've all this stuff going on. Uh 
And then in my case, I was conscious that, you know, there's what's happening to my body. Oh, and your memory goes, and your, <coughs> your, your like sanity leaves. You're really <laughs> leaves by the back door, or at least they're harder to contact anyway. Uh-huh. So yeah, it's just, everything just seems to converge at that point. So the last thing you can think about is joining a gym. Yes. Because you're just absolutely. like overwhelmed yeah. by everything yes. else. You're going yes. through this change. Everything's just so stressful. It's a worry. And all you can think about is getting through each day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And also at the point when I asked Michael, I just wanted a quick fix. You know, if he had said to me, go and swim three more lengths every day, I would have easily done it. <laughs> but, but it wasn't a quick fix. It was like starting a whole new thing. And mm-hmm. I just... I just wasn't going to do that. Did you stop smoking around that time as well, or was that before? Um, yeah, I, <laughs> I probably purposely stopped smoking around that time. I think I was at age 49. I stopped smoking on the 17th of April, 2006. There you go. <laughs> there we go. Um, Pivotal point in your life. Yeah. I, but part of that, I thought, well, things are going to get a bit horrible, so I as well make them worse. <laughs> Mm-hmm. and stop smoking and get it all over at once. That was kind of thinking. So straight into the 50s with, I'm taking this on. Here we go. I am nothing all at once. Can I, can I just yeah, of ask course. a question? How, how, how did you feel um, with quitting smoking? Like, how did you, Was it easy or was it hard? Yeah, well, it was interesting because I think it was just the right time. I had tried so often to stop smoking and it never, I never had managed. But that time, it just... It wasn't that bad, really. You know, I found it reasonably easy. I think the smoking ban had come in um, probably just a month before or something like that. And I couldn't... I used to to smoke because it gave me a little bit of um, space in my working day. So I would go off down to the local cafe near my work and have a coffee and a cigarette Mm -hmm. just in a wee quiet corner. And with the smoking ban, you couldn't do that anymore. Suddenly, you just, you were outside in a blizzard <laughs> instead. And Not as just, attractive. Yeah, then, yeah, it just mm-hmm. didn't, mm-hmm. didn't. So it, it wasn't that hard to mm-hmm. stop, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And thank goodness you did. Aye, thank goodness. <laughs> well, it was amazing, the difference. I felt like um, my swimming, I could, it was much easier. Everything was much easier physically mm-hmm. without the, the nicotine. Yeah. Well done. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> so let's fast forward again then. Thank you for that little story. And um, you've come into AKR, you've had your first session, you realise that the gym's not as daunting as you think, and you move well. Aha, uh-huh, move well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so what was the first few years like at AKR for you? Um, first year especially, I don't think I missed I think I missed one session or something. I was super regular. I only came to PT. I came to PT three times a week. And I just loved it. I loved everything about it. I loved um, just learning new things. Every time you come, you learn something new. Um, Even now, five years on, you're still learning something new every Mm -hmm. time. Um, That was important. Also feeling stronger and being able to do stuff, you know. I could do crazy stuff like... I remember we had the grandsons up at Tain and I could run up a skateboard ramp and sit on the top of it with them and stuff like I that. that. Just having the energy and strength to do stuff. I and loved is it. that something before you didn't really have? I think I always had plenty of energy because, you know, I, I was swimming a lot and, and cycling as well. But um, 
I didn't have the strength. Uh, my strength had really gone quite mm -hmm. a bit. Um, and I don't know if it, if that was just in my 50s or if it was, if it gradually built up and I just was aware of it mm -hmm. when I was in my 50s. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, I liked feeling, I liked feeling strong. <laughs> what is it about that? Well, I mean, it, other members know a story I tell about going to skip with a carpet. Do you remember? I've never heard this story, I don't think. Well, just about six months after I started at the gym, I had this bit of carpet to take the skip. Um, I was up at my mother-in-law's, actually, and the skip was up a few steps. And um, Fraser just sat in the car and let me unload the carpet from the back of the car, because he knew fine I could do it now. Mm -hmm. um, but the man here at the skip said, oh, I'll give you a hand, my dear. <laughs> you do, do not say my dear to bars. <laughs> Just be like that. When you've got grey hair, you become my dear. And I'm going, <laughs> no, it's fine, I'll manage, fine, thank you. So I could just lob this, you know, roll a carpet and skip. But yeah, I like that. People make judgments about based on how you look mm -hmm. and when you've got grey hair and you're an old lady people don't expect you to be able to so surprising people and yeah, having a, like that. a sense of independence with the strength yes. that you don't have to have people do things for you yes have you always been like that pretty independent um i don't know yes probably probably i have but i think when you're getting older you start thinking about you know who's going to look after you when you're old and mm -hmm. <laughs> you don't want your children you know you don't want to be burdening them so I feel like I've got a responsibility to myself <laughs> and um, to my children as well mm -hmm. to look after my health and keep fit and healthy yeah. for as, as long as I can but my mother was also very much of that um, mindset so maybe part of it's so. uh -huh. A genetic thing. She never liked asking for help. She wouldn't ask people for help if she, you know, and um, right into her eighties, she was quite stubborn about <laughs> asking for help. So, but obviously, if you're not strong, you can't do things for yourself. You have to. Exactly. Yeah. So coming to the gym in that first six months to a year, you were starting to see progression and build strength. You were able to play outdoors with the grandkids and yeah. almost show off to them yeah, yeah, and become yeah. the strong grandma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah? Racing with them and stuff and monkey bars and flea park. And all Amazing. <laughs> and that's what life's all about though, really, is it? Yeah. Being able to do those things for as long as you can. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And it's Definitely. amazing that you, you, you've kept fit but you just started strength training coming into your 60s. Like, that's incredible. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. I was 59, I yeah. think, when I first came here. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Um, so the first year you're learning, you're feeling strong, you're embracing life again, and it's almost like you found a purpose when coming back from traveling, you've now uh -huh. got something to look forward to. Uh-huh, something new to learn as well. That's always important. I like to learn new things, so it was just like something new to learn. Give us an example of something that you've uh, learned in the last couple of years out with AKR. Out with AKR? Yeah. Um, Oh, are you talking about running here? Well, I don't know. I did, I did start running um, after I'd been coming here for a year. I started running in January 2018. Was that a resolution? Um, no, it wasn't a resolution. I, it was a, a sort of, uh, what would I say, a dimly formed plan in my head, probably. Dimly formed yeah, plan? Yeah, I didn't really... I didn't really plan hugely to start running. I just, um, 
because because I had managed to do so much here, you know, by the end of the first year, I could deadlift my own body weight by a you know a year. It's impressive. AKR. Yeah. It's so <laughs> like you know, so it makes you wonder. Well, what else could I do? And so that's what got me started running. So it, it triggered the oh, hold on, if I can do that, what else? can I put my body through physically? Yeah, and exactly. Had you ever done running before? No, never. I had a, had a riding accident when I was, I used to go horse riding and I had a riding accident when I was 15 and I had damaged my knee um, quite badly. I was in crutches for a couple of months with it. And so I always assumed that running just wouldn't be an option for mm -hmm. me. So uh, no, I had never really, I'd never done any running. So coming into the end of 2017 then, yeah, and yeah, you were yeah. feeling strong in the gym, can you remember the, the point in which you thought, I'm going to make a diluted plan here <laughs> to run in 2018? Um, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. Maybe December sort of time. But I did look back, because um, we have this like family tradition that I started when the boys were little, that we all sit down together on Hogmanay and think about our hopes and dreams for the following year and we write them down but because I started doing it when the boys were little I didn't want it to be like um, resolutions or goals because I was scared they would feel like they had failed you know at the end yeah. of the year so I made it that you know just think about the year that's coming and, and what would you like to happen and so we used to write down these things. Was this sorry to interrupt was this something that you did when you were little? No, no. Okay. I started. We started doing it. Oh, it's a long story, but it's <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. We've got a few hours. <laughs> um, I used to absolutely dread New Year, um, and then after I got divorced, I thought, well, maybe there's a way to make it more child friendly and more meaningful for the boys. What, so, do you want to go into why you dreaded it? Um, <laughs> it's a, a, a genuine um, question. I think, yeah. So New Year back in the 80s in Scotland <laughs> was all about first footing and chicken volivongs and... <laughs> oh I've not heard that in a while. Cheese and pineapple on sticks mm -hmm. stuck into outside A party oranges. Susie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um... <laughs> sorry, I have to drink just thinking. <laughs> um, it, it really seems like you dislike it. I did, absolutely. Um, I think as much as I dreaded it, my ex-husband loved it. So we would be like first footing into mid-January. This <laughs> still going on. Yay. And I did used to dread it. Um, I used to take down the Christmas tree on uh, New Year's Day. The boys used to slag me off because every New Year's Day I'd be <laughs> laughing on my bubbles. But in retrospect, I think it was trying to draw a line under it all and say, right, it's, it's over. <laughs> We've done it for this yeah. year. But, mm -hmm. it, you know, it just went on and on and on. Yeah. So, so after we got divorced, <laughs> um, I just wanted to make it a bit more... Well, Did you want to make it a be, positive? Well, just a bit more meaningful because I like the idea that um, it's like, a, it's like a, a new notebook you know, you've sharpened your pencil and you've turned over and smoothed over the page and you're ready mm -hmm. to start writing. So I like that aspect of it. And it always seemed to me a bit of a, a spoilt beginning if you start with 
a hangover and you're feeling mm. rot and then you've broken all the resolutions <laughs> that you made. It's you so made funny because that's ago. pretty much what it is all about. People are like, yeah, it's hogany, let's go get smashed. And then you wake up on the first and you're like, oh, oh no. <laughs> and it sounds like you've just come to a point in your life where, well, you hated it anyway, but yeah. you are now with the opportunity where you could turn this around and open that new chapter or new notebook and, and make it more of a positive. Yeah, yeah, and more of a thing that involved all of us because, you know, the kids are hugely involved at Christmas time, but this first footing and stuff doesn't really involve them. Mm-hmm. Um, but in my own defence, that's all died out, so I can't, have been, <laughs> I can't have been the only one that didn't like it. Mm-hmm. I mean, we still celebrate New Year, but not quite in that way anymore. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, the, the dreams and, and aspirations for the yeah. year, is, is that what brought you back to your running? Yeah, so I, I actually looked back, because Fraser and I still do that together every Hogmanay, we sit down and write for our dreams and aspirations. Mm-hmm. Um, I looked back for 2018 to see if I had running down there, and I didn't. Mm. So it was, uh, yeah, it wasn't a, a definite thing. It was just a, a wonder if I could, you know. It wasn't, it wasn't as strong as a goal or anything mm-hmm. like that. Did you I know was where just curious. Yeah. Did you know where to start with that curiosity? No, I hadn't a clue. I just, um, I wait. I didn't say anything to anybody either, because, well, I didn't, you know. Because I think if I had said anything to anybody, then I would, the pressure would have been on me to to run and make it work kind of thing. So I never said anything to anyone. I just waited till everyone was back to work in January and, you know, like first or second week in January. And I just put on my trainers and my leggings and, and my hoodie. And then I just sat down on the side of my bed and thought, you know, because I was visualising myself running yeah. down the street and I thought, oh, I can't do this. So I sat down. And then I thought, I I remembered Michael used to have this thing that he always said that um, you might as well try because the time will pass anyway. And this kind of went through my head and I thought, you know what, I'll just give it a go. So I just went bombing out my front door. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't even close it. Love it. Bombing, I love that word, bombing. Bombing out the front door, lasted five seconds. we live in a cul-de-sac. So I did. I only went like two minutes down the road, collapsed at the corner shop. <laughs> well, that was fun. Completely out of breath. Uh-huh. But I couldn't go back. It wasn't like I could go in the other end of the street. You know, I had to just go back the way I'd come. So I just... Um, and, wh- and why did you not want to do that? Well, I would have been affronted. You know, a lot of my neighbours are at home all day. I would have just been... You couldn't face going back after just running for two minutes. Yeah, no, Two minutes no. of running that you've never done before. Yeah, but I just, that was not happening. So okay. I walked around the block and, mm-hmm. and went back. I was still only gone about five minutes. And then I went home and slipped back down on the side of the bed and thought, hmm. <laughs> so that was my first run. <laughs> and then? Well, I was, n- I wouldn't... I wouldn't ever just do it once. I knew I would have to try again. Um, so um, a couple of days later, I'd been through the same rigmarole, trainers, <laughs> leggings, hoodie. <laughs> uh, but I made myself run a bit further, but only at like a tiny distance. So the road I was running up, stupidly enough, 
was um, there's like trees and lampposts and things. So I was only going, I decided I would go to the first lamppost past the corner shop, and that's what I did. So, trying to blow up back home again. Amazing. <laughs> so each time you went out, you aimed just a little bit further. Yeah. Nothing ridiculous. No. But you went to the corner shop, walked around the block back home, yeah. and you went to the second lamppost. Yeah. Back yeah, home. And the, then every other run. A bit further, a bit further. And I did I did try and um not go more distance because I thought, you know, I could easily run four lampposts or something, but then I might be too tired to do it the next time. Mm -hmm. So I was very, very measured about what I did. I think there's a lot of learning in that. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, just a tiny bit. Just, just <laughs> to keep your, but you did like 1% more each day and, yeah. and just kept doing that. Yeah. Until a point where, what was a milestone for you? Um, I start, well, just after a couple of weeks, I googled introduction to running or something and I, I realised that it would probably be better if I went three times a week. So I did start going three times a week and um, I remember one Sunday morning, uh, I had marked out, measured out like a 5k route for myself. And one Sunday morning, I was running through the grounds of a hospital that was more than, or just about maybe halfway around. And I thought, you know what, I can do this. And so I did that day, I think I managed the 5K. Yes. How did that feel? Yeah, it was good. It was, mm -hmm. yeah, it was good. And from how long from that, that day of running to the corner shop right until that 5K, what was that time period? So I was really surprised because um, I, I looked this up. Um, after I'd done that 5K, then I signed up for Parkrun. And I thought my first park run had been at the beginning of March, but it wasn't, it was like the 10th of February. So it was much quicker than my memory uh -huh. tells me it was, yeah. So I did that Hazelhead park run. So consistently showing up three days a week to run and get a little bit better each time, yeah. you were able to then come six or seven weeks later, do a 5K park run yeah. at Hazelhead yeah. with yeah. other people. Yeah, um, but I, I don't think I would have been able to do it like that if I hadn't been strong from being at AKR. I'm sure it's. I'm sure my body was stronger and it was able to to deal with the running. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, and I did that part run, and the Hazelhead part runs like uphill first. It's out and back, so you go first two and a half k's uphill, and then yeah. second, it's back down. And then from there. Um, that day, my first park run, I messaged my comma results. <laughs> and he phoned me up and he said, Mom, did you just do park run? <laughs> yes. So did Mike yes. not know that you would run? I think he knew I was running, but I hadn't said I was going to do park run or, you know, because he was busy down here kind uh -huh. of thing, yeah. <laughs> so from there... <laughs> so you were over the moon with it? Yeah, I really enjoy it. Well, from there, I started building up the distance and... Um, I was able then to run in the forests at, you know, at Hazelhead and... Um, That's an enjoyment about. of yours, is it? Yeah, in, yeah, in the, in the, in the countryside, mm -hmm. I love it. So um, I just built it up and built it up and it wasn't, I don't think, too long. Maybe by April I could do 10K. Um, yeah. So it was... Another it was, milestone? Yeah, probably about then. And then the, um, the advert for the Crathis Half Marathon came up my Facebook feed and I thought, oh, I wonder if I can do this. <laughs> 
So I signed up for that. <laughs> yeah. And when was that? It was, I signed up for it, I think about the April time and it was in September. Okay. So then I had to properly start. Uh, I made a spreadsheet. <laughs> so of course you did. <laughs> Mike, is this your mum? <laughs> <laughs> so I made a spreadsheet and I looked up online how to um, train for a half marathon. So, uh, and I just I put in the date of the crisis half, I think it was September 18th or something like that, and I just worked backwards. You know, my distance is not Smart right? goal setting up. Yeah, then I, I spoke to Adam and Jace mm-hmm. down here. They were great giving mm-hmm. me tips for running and um, <laughs> came into, got problems with my nutrition, which... Do you want to tell us? So, yeah, I was getting, uh, I don't know, was it summertime maybe? You've been, re- you'd really upped your miles. Uh-huh. And I was getting headaches and my vision was a bit jumpy and blurry and so went to the doctor and they did all the blood tests and everything and um, they they couldn't find anything wrong and um, I I mentioned to Lindsay down here one day just, you know, I'm getting these awful headaches every day after I've run, my vision's bad. You're not eating enough carbs. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> Nobody ever in my whole life had ever told me I wasn't eating enough. <laughs> I think my words were, Vars, you need to pummel the carbs. <laughs> <laughs> so here is a license to eat bagels. <laughs> oh, yes. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. <laughs> so that was the start of my bagel habit. All thanks to Lindsay. But right enough. The bagel was, habit. I love it. It was right enough. Once I started eating more, the headaches and the blurred vision mm. went. So. And your performance was probably better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Picked up. So. so we've now got to the half marathon, first half marathon in the first year of starting running. It's yeah. 60. Can we just put that in there? <laughs> How did it feel to cross that finish line? Uh, Knackering. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, it was amazing. But I did know, I knew before I ran it that I could do it because we had done the route um, three times. Fraser, <laughs> <laughs> my poor long-suffering husband came, he took his bike and cycled the route because it was just mostly on road. There was a wee bit off-road, but not much. Um, so he cycled and I ran. Not that I could run as fast as he could cycle, like, but it worked. <laughs> it's a good out. pace. Yeah, we did it, um, I think it was the third time I managed the whole route. I didn't attempt the whole route right mm-hmm. away, I just, um, so I knew on the day I could, I could do the run. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it was just, yeah, it was good. I asked the lady when she came in my bed, well, can I stop running now? She's going, stop. <laughs> 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 I'll go away and collapse inside there. <laughs> So yeah, it was good. It was so that good. was September two thousand and eighteen. It was, yeah. Yeah. And and from that moment, did you have aspirations to run further? Did you want to run another one? What was your sort of um, you'd, you'd you'd hit your goal of the half marathon that you set that you set yourself so well and you broke down and how often you should be running, how hard you should be running, you've achieved it. Did you get to a point that okay, I'm done with running? No. You had the bug. Well, I kind of did, but um, training for the half marathon at Crathis opened up a whole new dimension <laughs> that I hadn't expected. Oh. So, uh, so 
when we came back from Europe, we, we still kept our van, obviously, and we made it a thing that we went away every, once a month, we try and yeah. go away in the van. So when I was training for the Crafters Half Marathon, I realised, you know, if we're away for the weekend, I still need to run because I can't just miss out my runs. So I, I got into the habit of just running wherever we were. <laughs> it's just amazing, you know. I, I still remember the first one, we were um, April sort of time, so early spring, and we were at Culloden. And I don't know if you know that viaduct at Culloden. Yeah. There's a beautiful Victorian viaduct mm. um, at Culloden. And so I got up at the crack of dawn and the sun was just rising. This Culloden viaduct's lit up, oh you know, God. bright red. With like the your face rise. right now, you're it like was, loving it. You get it like, was, oh, we're living it with you. Yeah, it was just stunning. And you know, it's early morning, crisp spring morning. Uh -huh. And I thought, wow, this is amazing. So. I think we went from there to Loch Inhalen and Rothy Marcus. Um, and I get it's a, it's a loch I know. I used to have been canoeing on it as a child with my dad. Mm -hmm. I got up in the morning and, you know, I just run around the loch. It's only like 5k or something. It wasn't a long run around the loch. But it's just, I just, you know, Scotland's so beautiful. So now, wherever we go in the van, I just get up and run. You know, I run on beaches. I think I've run on beaches All from the Fife up to Tain yeah. and across to, you know, Camasdarich on the West Coast and Mull and... It's really Aaron. sort of um, become a part of who you are, the running. Yeah. And being outdoors and, and you, you touched, you said about your dad there and being with a canoe, does it, does it take you back to when you were younger? Yeah, I think... Um, He's really been in my head because I did the Aviemore Half Marathon uh, last month, yeah. is it? Mm -hmm. um, so when we were kids, um, my dad really, when I think about it, was way ahead of his time. So he, he obviously taught us to swim and cycle, but he also built a two-man canoe out of wood and, and canvas. Um, and so he... We used to go on holiday, and <laughs> I think it was ridiculous, but my mum would never ask anyone to look after pets or anything like that. So, And my grandma lived with us when I was growing up, so we would go on a holiday, my dad driving the car, my mum in the front, we had two collies, so they were at the, the passenger side on her turf feet. How big is this car? Um, a mini. I think it was a <laughs> Hillman Minx. Oh. So can look them up, they're sort of family car, not uh -huh. huge though. Yeah. Um, my grandma sat in the middle of the back seat because me and my brother would fight otherwise, so she, 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 she was in the middle. <laughs> so we've got mum, dad, two collies, you and your brother, grandma in the middle. Budgie on her knee. Budgie. <laughs> we had a budgie called Bimbo, so he was in the cage on her knee. <laughs> Caravan on the back and canoe on the roof. And that was us. Amazing. So, <laughs> so yeah. Cool. But and I mean, in the 1960s, there weren't that many people went to like Loch Warlick. I mean, there was a lot of skiers and it was popular for hill walkers, but not like it is now. So we'd just go there for like three weeks in the summertime. And yeah, I loved it. We'd be canoeing and all sorts. It was great. A lot of walking, which mm -hmm. we moaned about at the time. But, you know, it was lovely. So, um yeah, it's still, 
one of my favourite places to go to this day and it's still like one of my favourite places to run mm -hmm. there's loads of trails you can run there and uh, yeah so doing the half marathon at Avi Moore the other week I was really like well my dad would so like to Amazing. see Amazing, did you feel this. like he was with you? Yeah, 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 that's yeah, so nice. yeah, 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 my brother even emailed me and said dad would have been super proud of you Aww. today. Oh, that's so nice. Amazing. So that was that was last month, yeah. Bars, um, but you had a hell of a journey to get to that half marathon again. Um, yeah. Let's just go back and reflect on that. The last year and a half, two years, and, and sort of what you've went through setbacks and injuries. Yes, yeah. I think the the worst was my foot. So that was December last year. So um, I did a lot of running last year. I think well a lot for me. I was up to maybe doing sixty kilometres. Was a that week. over lockdown? Um, uh, well, just generally throughout the year, I was probably running about 60 kilometres okay. a, a, a week. And I had started um, using running as transport, so I would run down to the gym as well and run home again after my session, that kind of thing, because I can come along older real well So in December of last year, my left foot started playing up. I thought, mm, what's this? It's not good. But then we had the lockdown on Boxing mm -hmm. Day and... Um, I used to always be barefoot, but suddenly I couldn't walk barefoot anymore. And um, so I thought, well, I'll cut back my running. So I halved it, and then I, by New Year, I wasn't doing any running. How did that feel for you? Yeah, I was cracking up. I couldn't even walk any great distance. I was really cracking up. Um, and Michael was saying, you know, you should go and see Amy Mack. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, it'll get better. But... Um, I did. I got in touch with Amy and had a Zoom session with her and then she she said to come in and see her. And with a bit of clever detective work on her part, because I hadn't thought to mention it, um, Amy realised it was related to an accident I'd had a couple of years earlier where I had been crushed between a car and a van. <laughs> did you not know that, Matt? No, you didn't say that to me. <laughs> so, uh, this accident had damaged, I don't know, ligaments or tendons in my calf, and they affect what, how your foot is supported. Mm -hmm. um, so, it was, it was really great for me to know it wasn't a running injury. I didn't want it to be a running injury, so I was really quite happy to find Were you scared that you weren't, you wouldn't have been able to go back to having that sense of freedom with your running and, and enjoying it again? Yeah, and I already missed it, and it's become so much a part of when we're away in the van. You know, I get up and quietly try and leave and not disturb Fraser's long mm -hmm. life, go for my run. Mm -hmm. I couldn't imagine life without running. So... However, Amy gave me exercises to do, which I did religiously, and um, eventually the wonderful day came in March when she said, OK, try, but just walk, run, mm -hmm. you know, take it easy and, and things. So that was fine. I got back, um, and then I think I was running home down the pitches at Hazelhead, and my left knee just just with something wrong with it. So I don't know whether to go back and see the podiatrist or should I see the physio, physio who's also called Amy confusingly. And <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I went to see the physio and um, Amy and she, she said, I don't think you need to stop running for this. So that was 
you know, that's Did great. you think, oh yeah. no, here we go again, yeah. another three months yeah, of not that's being able to yeah. cracking up in lockdown. Yeah. But so um yeah, you just have to start over again, you know, you just have to start building it up slowly. Sit on the bed, yeah. put your shaders on, put your hoodie on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Not quite as bad as that. But but yeah. how did you overcome that though? So a lot of people will get an injury and they will just like me included, will just go inward and be so frustrated and and just get so annoyed with the world. And, how did you yeah. manage to come out of that sort of setback and injuries with taking away something um, that you've loved so much? I tried hard to find something that I could do that was still going to let me rest my foot. I had been quite keen on skipping. I had weighted skipping ropes and stuff, but I couldn't do that either. Um, I bought a hula hoop. <laughs> so... <laughs> I started doing this weighted hula hooping and then um, with lockdown a kind person lent me a, a bike, a static bike, a state of the art static <laughs> bike. Um, so I um, started do, I started cycling quite a lot. Um, so you um, had a focus? Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm not really motivated to sit on a bike and cycle in the house to be honest but the, my, I used my zone workouts. Um, so they were they're quite good because you're the the my zone match match my zone match yeah yeah the one yeah for you have to stay uh-huh. uh-huh so do you think if you didn't have that it would have been like oh yeah it would have been I tried torturous I didn't, I didn't I tried it a few times and I said to Michael look at, I don't think I'm going to use this bike and he he said why don't you have a look at these so I had a go at them and yeah because that's a bit of a competition because you got to. So you like a bit of competition. (laughs) Well, with yourself. (laughs) Um, You have to get your heart rate at the different stages. So yeah, that kept me going. And what I found was the cycling helped my calf as well. I think my foot was never so sore after I'd cycled. Mm -hmm. So even now, if it it still gets sore sometimes, um, I would go out my bike. Well, if it's nice weather, I would go out my bike. So it sounds like there you, you couldn't run because of injury, but you worked around it and you were able uh, to keep your fitness up and sort of rehab your leg through choosing cycling. Yes, yes, yes. I would say that's, mm-hmm. that's right. And then what sort of time of the year did you start to get back into your running again? Um, it was March I started the walk running with the sore feet and then, um, but it was very slow building up. But I had um, signed up for the Aviemore half the year before, but it hadn't run. So they had rolled over all the mm-hmm. they had rolled over all the entries. So I knew I had this. And the thing is, the Aviemore half was um, another member had told me a couple of years ago that it was quite a good one to do. You should give it a go because it's quite downhill, etc., etc. But um, this year they didn't get permission to run into Aviemore. So they rejigged the whole route. <laughs> so it was all off road, which was perfect for me, but also uh, it was a very hilly route. <laughs> it was a very hilly route. <laughs> so, so just to sort of go back from the determination that you must have shown from getting off that bike in March, being able to start slow and steady, start to get back into your form of running again. And then you've got until September, October. Uh-huh. Like, that is a short period of time from coming back from injury. Like, 
was it the slow and steady that got you through or at what point did you think ah, you know what I, I've got this I can yeah, do this no I think after I was injured I, I was always worried that if I pushed too far I'm just going to end up with another injury so at the back of my mind yeah it was a bit you know I had to be careful and mm-hmm. so I don't think I ever got to the point where I thought I've got this but um the last couple of long runs I did, well, the last long run in particular was 25k, so I was trying to stretch the distance so I knew I could go a bit further than the 21. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. But I fell as well, so that was a <laughs> In the deep, dark forest, <laughs> took, a, took a flyer and rolled over and over and... That was a thing actually, I had fallen twice just in the six weeks leading up to the Aviemore half and I lost faith in my shoes. Mm. I had read that it was the shoes that I was using but um, when I turned up for the Aviemore half there was two other reachers there and they were both wearing the same <laughs> shoes, I thought it's not the shoes. <laughs> Did that give you the little boost that you needed? <laughs> yeah. I, oh yeah, they've got those shoes on, I yeah, can do this, yeah, I'll be able to complete yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So, so thanks to Harry and Jill <laughs> <laughs> for the shoes. <laughs> Amazing, so you managed to do that, the half that was so important to you yeah. and your dad. And that's what, a month ago? Yes, uh, up to, yeah, yeah, last month. Jinx, yeah, last month. So like I say, as um, this is airing on the 3rd of January 2022, what's next for VARS? Oh, well, um, during lockdown, <laughs> when I was running, I bumped into, well, I didn't literally bump into her, but I met another reacher in the mm-hmm. woods, and she was quite into her wild swimming. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, she, oh, she was very enthusiastic, so I was thinking, James, I quite fancy this. So, last month, I think it was, we were in Banff, and I, I ran from Banff to White Hills and back again, in this beautiful piece of coast Stunning. there. And um, it's not a long run, maybe 7K, but I was sweating. It wasn't that hot of a day, but I was sweating, and I thought, you know what, I'm going into the sea when I get back. <laughs> And I did, I didn't swim, but I was like jumping in the waves and playing like a five-year-old. So yeah, I quite fancy that. Yeah? I, I quite fancy giving that a go, yeah. How are you, how are you going to plan that out with a spreadsheet? No, I, I, no, no, I need to go back to, I mean, no spreadsheet, I need to. Back uh, to your youth. Yeah, yeah. I need to just, uh, but it would be a good way to finish a run. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. good for you as well. I mean, the only run that I did last year I mean, the only run I did, uh, I think it was just under a 10k, right along Lover's Walk at Cooter, all the way out oh, yeah. and then back in. And it was such a beautiful morning that I, li- I was like right in the river. And it was, um, it was such Straight a away. nice feeling. See, that I've never done it again. But it, it just, it's yeah. amazing to finish a run. But yeah. I mean, we've got so many reachers that go down to the fitty and they do it in yeah. the morning for yeah. sunrise and things yeah. like that. Um, so if any of you are listening, VARS is up for it. <laughs> <laughs> Reach out to VARS. <laughs> um, is there anything else that we've not went over today that you'd like to touch on? Mm, no, I don't think so. You sure? So yes, Matt? No, I just want to say um, that it's inspiring to see, to see you still showing up to your sessions every day, getting stronger and doing all the stuff that you just said over the last 50 minutes or so. And I think... Uh, 
you're the definition of um, age is only a number. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> I would wholeheartedly agree with that. I think you're an inspiration to so many other people. And life does not need to stop at 60. No, definitely It not. definitely does not. So mm. get your running trainers on, put your dukers on <laughs> and go for a swim in the sea. Vars, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast. So thank, thank you. you. Thank you for having me. As always, thank you for listening. Uh, if you want to learn more, please reach out to us or jump onto the website, acrefitness.com and we will see you in the next episode. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>